Welcome to the Diving Pod. Um, I'm Joelle Williams. I'm a diver at Marshall University. I'm the founder and creator of Black Girls Diving, and I am on USA Diving's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And I'm Heath Calhoun. Um, As always, we thank everybody for coming on right up front, and uh, we've been looking forward to this one for quite a while. Um, So just kind of to start to, uh, to let our listeners know, can you just walk us a little bit through your career, how you found yourself to be at Marshall, and what prompted you to want to start this organization? Yeah. So I started um, gymnastics when I was two in St. Louis, Missouri, and I moved to Erie, Pennsylvania when I was 10. And so very soon after I retired from that, uh, I retired from gymnastics at age 11. And um, I've always, I've always swam. So my mom, she never knew how to swim. And so she made it her mission for me and my brother to learn how to swim. And I took to it super fast. And she swears that she always knew that I was going to be a diver because of how just bold I was and how drawn I was to the diving board. I'd be like, I want to jump off of that, mom. And, you know, they wouldn't let me because I was so young. But it was it was a big deal. And then in 2012, I watched the Olympics on TV. And I decided that that was the sport that I wanted to try to do. And uh, my mom it took her about two years actually to find a place for me to train and to learn. And she ended up moving us back to St. Louis over the summer for the next five years for me to learn how to dive. And that was my, the summer before my freshman year of high school. Fun fact, I told my mom, if the diving coach at high school makes me run, I will quit. So um, thank goodness he didn't make me run. (laughs) <laughs> that same year I ended up going to states and then again the next year and the next year and the next year so I went to states all four years of high school and the whole time I felt like I was thriving that I was growing and I never wanted that experience to end it, it became a huge part of my identity and so uh after a long gruesome process of recruiting uh Megan Cypher who I met at a diving um, summer camp, Rip Best Diving Camp. She reached out to me. I came down to Marshall and I chose Marshall for its Division One program and for public relations, which is my major now. And so now I am a collegiate diver that competes one meter, three meter and platform after not having any of that experience other than one meter. That's, That's awesome. That's before, so cool. uh, b- before we got on, you were mentioning, you know, training platform Go through that with our listeners because there's no platform at Marshall. Is that correct? There's no platform. Okay. So how does that work? So um, coming in, I knew that I'd have to complete, I would have to compete platform and I was up for the challenge. I've always been drawn to it. I mean, they showed on the Olympics. I thought I was capable of doing it and I am. And so every month, um, if we're fortunate, we are invited to another team's pool to train. It's anywhere from about three hours to four hours at the pool. And we basically learn in tireless. And then um, at mid-season, we compete it. And then at conference, <laughs> we compete it. However, sometimes, for example, during COVID, we were only allowed to compete. Um, we were only allowed to train it once. And so we ended up competing it on on a single practice on platform. It's quite insane. Uh, 
it's very mind-boggling to have to throw new dives but every time my team like surpassed that bar I mean yeah that's cool wow mm-hmm. uh tell us to you know I can I can tell when you speak when you talk you're 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 fired up just like the rest of us are about diving what are uh, what are things that just make you passionate about diving um the reason I picked up diving is actually from a YMCA swim lesson. I went off the side of the pool, not even the diving board, and I dove head first. And just the serenity of like entering the water is just something you can't quite describe to someone that's never dove. Like entering the water after an amazing dive and then like not hearing any applause, but that's just that silence. I think it's so addicting. And that is one of the greatest places to find peace to me. Um, and I get to do that every, every day. And, um, another thing that I'm passionate about is just diving as part of my identity. Um, I'm, I heavenly consider myself a black diver, um, so much that in high school, the idea of not diving in college, just, I don't know. It made me feel very, um, I had a midlife crisis basically (laughs) realized that I potentially couldn't dive, um, and I just thought that I had so much to offer the sport and this sport had so much to offer me. And just the idea of inspiring others is what pushed me to continue to um, go through the recruitment process and continue to reach out to coaches and, and just stay present. It's very important. Yeah. I, that's, it seems to me like a way I would describe you. And, and I, I had talked to you in passing before at high school meets and, and honestly, after you graduated, your mom came up to me at the district meet and she's like, Heath Calhoun. And I'm like, I did not know you knew who I was. And your mom was always like taking the scores down when you were diving. And I'm like, oh, like, I remember that. That's how my mom was. You know, like my mom would always sit next to people that did that. And so you're extremely wise for your age. And I would say it seems to me as though you're kind of like always thinking forward. Like you don't hear, are you, are you 20 years old? Yes. <laughs> You're 20 now. I've never heard a 20 year old talk about they view the, their identity as being like a diver or, or mm-hmm. they don't talk about their identity a lot, at least not that I have heard 20 year olds talk about, um, you know, and I think that you being wise and, and, and kind of getting ahead of it, like with your with your organization, with your Instagram page, um, you know, but before we kind of jump into that, you know, what were the influences on you to get into the sport? as well as to create kind of the direction you're going to being included in, in uh, USA's diversity and inclusion group? Um, my inspiration, would, I would probably say, were um, old gymnastics teammates. Um, they don't really talk too often about the gymnastics to diving transition. I almost want to say it was like a forbidden idea to talk about another sport, potentially being good at another sport um, outside of gymnastics when I was competitive. And uh, one of the girls actually like was really amazing at, at diving. She like set the high school record when she came into the um, into her school. And so I went to go watch her at districts and my mom just like she just sat there and squeezed my shoulder and she said, you could do this you could do this. And so that's my, I I would say that's my first influence. And then after I um, got into the sport, I started to look for role models, people that looked like me, that when I didn't have a dive, I could look to them to see how I'm supposed to execute the dive. And that became Jennifer Abel. 
And oh she's yeah. Canadian. She's actually Canadian. And, um, it's probably one of the only professional black divers that I could see on the board with beautiful curly hair, um, thick thighs and a, a very muscular built, very strong. And um, it was very important that I could see that so that I wasn't affected by negative um, body images and whatnot. And so she was very influential and I would love to meet her. I have yet to meet her. And then Kristen Hayden. I love yep. Kristen with my whole heart. I know her personally. Funny story, I when I met her, I couldn't I couldn't muster up the courage to even speak to her. I was in so much awe. I have looked up to her from the moment I started diving at age 14. And there I was in the same, like at the same pool, training on the same boards as her. And like the moment I've met her, I met her, she was everything I thought she'd be and more. She continues to inspire me with her grace and her strength, her class. I mean, she's just a beautiful person. And I would say that we're basically like sisters. Like she calls me on a Sunday morning. Like she wants to talk about <laughs> what's going on and everything. And she inspires me daily just as a person and a diver. And then all the other divers I've been able to meet through my platform, they, they reach out constantly. And that just makes me feel so good. And I hope other people in my community feel that good too when we see one another. That That's incredible. Honestly, it's, it sounds a little bit like creating what you have created is similar to the feeling that Aaron and I get, like, we didn't know if anything would come of it. And I love your Instagram page. Like you, you bring my attention to athletes all around the world that I never knew about. And I'm like, Oh, I want, and like you bring them up. And like, the next thing I do is I'm going on YouTube or I'm going on Instagram and I'm trying to find them and watch them dive. And I'm like, Oh man, this is awesome. And it's, I think it's really great to hear you talk about you needed to see someone that looked like you in the sport you're doing, because to be honest, as a white male, like, I don't think about that stuff in my sport. I, I don't like, and, and maybe I should think about that more. And I think as a coach, I think about that a whole lot more, you know, when we do video review with my athletes, I don't just show a, a five foot three girl, a video of a five foot 10 girl doing a dive. I try to find someone that looks like her. And, and I don't, and I don't think I thought about that until I started coaching and doing video review. And I think it's really, really important to hear you say that. Cause it's something that I need to be aware of as a coach to, to find people. And it's like, Hey, find other inspirations. But I think it's really important to hear you say that. Yeah. Another, another thing that came into my head too, when you were mentioned, you know, Jennifer Abel, uh, Kristen Hayden, I watched them, those two specifically very closely at the Olympics and then at the Olympic trials. And they are phenomenal. Like there's not a single contest that I watch that I see Jennifer Abel that I'm like, oh, we'll see how this full out goes. Like, no, they're, they're both absolutely phenomenal divers. And I'm incredibly excited um, to watch them continue to progress, you know, get, get further along in their sport. Kristen Hayden is somebody that I'm really looking forward to in the next couple of years here to see how Paris or pre Paris kind of turns out for her. So hearing you talk about them, you know, specifically being, uh, your role models and your idols. And now, you know, you, you get a Sunday morning call from, from one of them. That's pretty special. I mean, it is. And I also, there is this thing about being black on the diving board. 
I mean, you talk about judges judging you from the moment that you step on the board. I mean, the dive starts the moment you step on the board. And I, I, I think it's safe to say that both me and Kristen have talked about just stepping on the board and ju- the judges, no matter how much they try, subconsciously know that you're black. And so you have to not only do a phenomenal dive, you need to impress them and more. An eight dive has to be a nine dive. It has to look like a nine dive because they've already summed up what they think a black diver should dive like. Or if they have never seen it before, there's just like this higher expectation to wow. And it's so it's, it's almost subconscious. So. How do you uh, how do you how do you handle that? How do you mentally battle kind of that avenue? It, you know, is there is there a different standard and, and how do you kind of make sure, hey, I'm here to get nines. This, this is me and I'm amazing. How do you do that? Honestly, I'm still trying to navigate it myself. I'm a junior in college and it still shakes me sometimes when I do a dive and I feel that I did it just as well as my my peers or maybe my teammates. But I think something that keeps me in check is is no, is um, being the best for myself. Um, what what did I how do I feel about that dive and like where does it look, where does it stand with how I practice versus how I competed it? And it's a very like me, me, me mentality and also inspiring others. Like who else could be watching me? I always think about that. Who's in the stands? I mean, I have this natural need to, to um, I'll be on the pool deck. And the moment I step on the board, it's like at a community pool, I'll see like um, people of color walk past and my immediate response is, what can I do to make them look at me? Like, what can I do to make them notice me and my sport? Um, and I think it has had effect. I've seen black children get on the board immediately after I finish practicing and like tap their moms on the shoulder. And just like, I, I love it so much. Cause I'm like, that is a potential diver, you know? And that's so special. That's got to feel really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what can, what can we do, whether it's what can coaches do or what can USA Diving, you know, you're kind of involved in that group. What can we do to help limit that stigma, limit that subconscious thoughts that go through people's heads? Um, you know, how do you see, how can we make a change, I guess? I think, and I'm very happy with um, the initiatives that the DEI committee has put together. I think something super important is including different body types in the um, booklets that they hand out. Like what is the idea of perfection and why is it always the same height and the same width? Um, And why is it typically a male that is doing the dives to perfection? These are the questions that we should be asking when we make up those golden standards. And um, I think that that is the first step to reversing um, conscious bias and subconscious bias. And then I also think that coaches should probably invest in um, in, in the test to, to see if you have any um, subconscious bias. Like they talk about the Harvard tests online where you like can see if you have like a, there's bias everywhere is what I'm saying. Not acknowledging that you potentially have a bias or that everyone has a bias is a huge step. And that training needs to be involved at every level. 
Is that a test that anybody could take? I'm, I'm interested yes. in that. I, I love learning more about myself. I had a, I took a test earlier this week and it was all the, the six most important characteristics to me. And that was really fun to see what I, what I prioritize over everything else. So like I can take some of these tests. I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. I, I think it's called the Harvard implicit bias test. And um, you have black and white, but you also have like body positivity, like fat phobic versus um, skinny phobic, I would assume. And, uh, you know, LGBTQ concepts and ideas and um, just, do you prefer male over female? So gender relations and just different, um, different wow. issues that are involved in diversity. It, honestly, it sounds like a lot of coaches should do that just to know where they're like, where they fall. And it's like, I know if I would take that and I would see that like I favor female over male or like whatever it might be, I'd be like, Oh, like maybe that's why I'm a better recruiter for this gender over this gender or, or whatever that may be. It probably can just help you be better as a overall person, but as well within your profession. Um, another perspective, so, oh, ahead, well, another perspective on this same um, thought process. I judge, I judge NCAA diving. I want to make sure that when I step on the pool deck, I'm treating every single person fairly. You know, the first time I was able to judge a national meet, they were really, really looking at my scores specifically to my alma mater college, because, you know, those, those things sometimes can rear their head of like, Oh, he dove there. He's going to give them higher scores or lower scores really. So, you know, I was watched like a hawk my first time. And then, you know, it's the, I would say the leash has loosened, but at the same time, I want to look inward and make sure no matter who's on the board, I'm judging the dive. Exactly. And I'm happy to say that my coaches, I did have this conversation with my coaches and they were very open and they took the test and I, they were very receptive to everything that I had to say. And I think that it's made them better coaches. And I believe that I can say they're allies to me and my cause and my organization. And, um, any, any athletes of color. Yeah, that's great. Can you, um, can you tell our listeners more specifically about your organization, your cause, how it came to be more specifically, because I don't know exactly. Like, did you start this two years ago? I actually started it when I was 15. What? Yes. What? So, <laughs> Black girls diving has so I started Black Girls Diving when I was 15 years old. It started as an idea in the back of my mom's car on the way back from States. I was just sitting there and I was like, mom, I felt this external pressure that I can't seem to, I can't seem to articulate. And then it came to me. I was the only Black person on deck or how my hairstylist would say it, the only cookie chip in the cookie. So... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was the only person on deck and I was like there there has to be more people that look like me in this sport this is I am Pennsylvania is one state yeah there has to be more athletes that look like me and I don't want them to have to feel the way that I felt at that meet um and so I created black girls diving and so it started in 2015 and then I launched it on social media, first Facebook in um, April, uh, April of 2018. I also launched it on Twitter. And then just recently, last year, I launched um, Black Girls Diving on Instagram. 
And people find that so odd. And the reason that it took me so long to get an Instagram for Black Girls Diving, which probably has the most popularity with people, is because of documentation. People in our sport are so quick to document the champion, but never the firsts of seeing a person of color. I mean, I have done my history, I've done my homework, and it is so difficult to find the first athlete of color that that step foot at a national championship or even a sectional or um, a conference, a conference huh. competition. It's extremely hard to find. Um, and, and so peculiar because it's even harder to find roster pictures sometimes. I don't know how that occurs, yeah. but sometimes I will see a name that sticks out to me, but there's no correl- correlating uh, roster picture. So the reason there's such a big gap between 2015 and 2018, it took three years to compile a list of athletes that were that identified as black, biracial, and even Hispanic. It took a whole three years. And currently I would say there's approximately 20 women of color in diving right now. And the reason that it's so low is because people graduate. So we're constantly bringing people in, but we're also losing. And, and it's never just a steady increase. Yeah, we, we spoke with, um, with Michael Wright. We interviewed Michael Wright. And um, I remember, we, we talked about it on his podcast. I still remember when he won USA Nationals. It was Winter Nationals, if I'm not mistaken. And that was, I remember USA Diving did a great job of promoting that. But that's what, like, like you said, like, you don't know a lot of that. Like, we talk in Division Two, you know, one of the best coaches probably ever, Ron Jenkins. Have you yeah. ever been able to meet Ron? I have interviewed Ron. Oh, mm-hmm. my. He is just, he's one of the best human beings I've ever met in the sport of diving. Like, you, you would go to nationals. And I don't know if Aaron, if you ever talked to him a ton, but, like, he always had jokes on the pool deck. And the thing I remember about Ron is he genuinely just loved diving. Like he loved it and, and he would come up to me every year and he'd be like, you haven't graduated yet. Crap. Like what the heck? But he was just <laughs> such a good person. And, and I was scrolling through USA diving and I want to say it was last year for black history month. And they had old photos of him from when he dove. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. And it just, I just think it's so fascinating that you said that number 20. And I'm like, I feel like mm-hmm. there's so many more African-Americans and people of color in our sport, but maybe I'm just naive. And it's like, how can we, so what steps do you think we can take to get more people of color involved in our sport? I think that it starts with accessibility and I have my fair share and continue to have my fair share of problems with accessibility. Even as a division one athlete, I don't have access to a three meter board when I go home or platform. Um, Sometimes not even one meter. I can spend almost, if I did not work at RipFest and train with them um, graciously under John Wingfield, um, I would not touch a board for an entire summer. It's crazy. My mom continued to take me back to St. Louis every summer. We would spend three months in, in St. Louis for me to train because there were no places in Erie, Pennsylvania for me to train during the school year in order to get... Um, um, additional, maybe like club training, I would go to Fredonia. Yeah. And even, even that program struggled to keep um, coaches and to keep athletes. So sometimes that wasn't um, available to me. And 
I, I wouldn't say that I live in an underserved community. So I can only imagine the, um, the lack of access to the communities that don't have what I have. So um, yeah, like poor communities. I don't think they even have access to a pool or, um, or like some, some families can't afford to buy like swimming gear, like swimming suits or um, just can't, they can't afford to let the lessons. And so yeah. these are things that we, we look at when we're talking about barriers to our sport. There, it, it's interesting you hear, I hear you talk about that. We're part of a couple of uh, coaches groups, whether it's on Facebook or, or Instagram, whatever. And every once in a while, we'll see a coach reach out and say, hey, I have an athlete who's going to be in this city. Does anybody have a place where they can dive? And I feel like that's a totally underutilized resource of, hey, who do you know or who is in the know of where somebody could go? I was in a not the same situation. I'll never, ever compare myself to the great Joelle Williams. However, I took a summer off and went to Montana. I don't think there's a single diving board in the state of Montana. I Googled, I researched, I was going to take a day trip. I was going to take a week trip wherever I could find a board, wherever I could find a pool. I was like, I don't care if it's a cliff and I got to learn seven and a half meter <laughs> from a rock. Like I needed to go, couldn't find anything, had nothing. So, I mean, maybe it's just asking more of, Hey coaches, where, where can I go? Is that, is, is that helpful? What, what can we do about that? I do think that it's helpful. And I remember when I first started um, black girls diving, I was looking into, I was looking into like creating a tool. I wanted to have um, a general resource where you could like pinpoint where clubs are. And yes, that exists. But it's not updated. Um, so I, I wanted to know like where all the nearest boards were, um, who was coaching at, at that place or if there was coaching at that place and, um, where are the clubs? And my mom actually had to Facebook dive in order to figure out where I could train. It, it's very hard. It's as a niche community, the information to get into it is even harder to find. It's even harder. It's almost word of mouth. Um, my mother has shared with me talking with parents on deck and it's almost like, do I want to share my secret resource with this parent? And it's like, why, why is that even something that has occurred to her? Like, cause it took so long to find this information. It's not readily available. So, I mean, those are some of the things we talk about in my family. Yeah. Just, just more information sharing. Just one, one big blanket. Hey, we're, we're all on the same team here. Mm -hmm. Well, well, and that's what, that's what we talked about. Like when Aaron and I did, like, before we ever started, we sat down and we talked about goals and, and our, we've said it before. We didn't know if people would listen, but our goal was just to get more information in one centralized location where it's like, Hey, you know what? Maybe there's somebody out there that wants to start something similar to you. And like, we've had people tell us like, Oh, you should try to fix this with the podcast. And we're like, Hey, we'll try to fix it, but you're more than welcome to make one too. Like there should be more. We want more like, the more information that is out there, the better. Like I'm, I'm a big advocate for the more information, the better. Some of it might be bad information you throw to the side, but more information is better almost always. Um, you know, we're kind of getting off our outline a little bit, but something I like have to ask about is it sounds like you have a very special relationship with your mother. It sounds mm -hmm. like 
your mother is like a humongous influence in your life, like most people, but mm-hmm. can, can you maybe like talk about that a little bit? If you're comfortable with that, it just, it, I've talked <laughs> to your mother once and she was one of the most polite people. She was so respectful and she had never met me before. And, oh, yeah. and I sit, and I sit here and I'm like, man, hearing you say, you know, you were at my previous college, you were an hour and a half away. And it makes me so sad that like somehow I wasn't able to get information into that area to say, Hey, come down. Like it's super, like we made it super affordable for everybody. We just wanted people to dive, but, um, you know, can you talk about that relationship with your mom and, and how that has impacted you as a young woman? Yes. My mom and I are extremely connected. Um, she is the reason for pretty much she's the reason that I went to the high school that I went to. Um, she is the reason that I am a division one athlete. She was extremely involved in the recruiting process. Um, she's the reason that I've majored in public relations. I have not changed my major since I've started. Um, she, she knows everything about me. I call my mom three times a day and that seems obsessive, but I just need to tell her things. <laughs> and, and usually she knows, like she has the feeling, Hey, I think that today was a bad day for you. Um, let me send you a Bible quote, or let me send you this motivational quote to um, inspire you for today <laughs> or like next week. <laughs> um, and she's, she's super involved. Um, when I began to talk about black girls diving, she knew she knew my heart. Um, she knew my purpose before I knew my purpose. In fact, um, she drove me to find that purpose. Um, my senior year of high school, of high school, it was very important that I went into college with the purpose. And my purpose is to touch other people's hearts. And I do that through storytelling and, and, and sharing my narrative and changing that narrative and reversing stereotypes. That's constantly what I'm doing. Um, and Whenever I'm low, whenever I'm in a place where I feel like I can't do it, specifically during COVID, I felt like, why, this is before Black Girls Diving took off, why am I posting this material? Nobody knows it exists. Why am I posting these images? She doesn't even know who I am. And I'm, and I'm like tagging people. I'm talking about their accomplishments. They don't know who Black Girls Diving is. They don't even know that I'm behind it. At that time, I couldn't even put a face to my page because I didn't, for some reason, I thought that other people's narratives were more important than my own. So I, I, I belittled my voice. Um, and she was the one that pushed me. She said, this is a time to really pour your heart into something that you care about. And so I spent, I think I spent six hours for an entire week. So six hours every day searching, I think about 300 different colleges with diving programs. I have, I have the resource of all of the current diving programs in the country that have men and women. Um, so I have both. And I searched every single one manually, had to check the face. I also check Instagram and Facebook to confirm how they identify. Um, and, and she, and she was part of that (laughs) where I was weak. She was strong. If I was having a bad day, she's like, don't worry about it. I've already went through Louisiana. I found maybe a girl. (laughs) Um, and so this is, she's just been my supporter this entire time. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know what I would do without her. Yeah. I think it, I think that's really impressive that, you know, your, I, I, I hear you say that story. And then I also think back to when you first introduced yourself and the fact that your mom 
uh, up and moved you guys to St. Louis so you could dive. I mean, you're carrying on that same legacy of, hey, this is something that's important. I'm going to go all in for it. Just like she set that tone with you and your diving career. I mean, that's, I got, I got goosebumps. That was pretty good. I live, I, I live six and a half hours away from home, but she knew, she knew what I needed. Uh, she said, actually, when she saw Marshall, the Marshall mail come through the, come through the slot in the door, she said, mm, West Virginia, I would only go there if they asked Joelle to, to dive. And, uh, sure enough, within the week, we got an official visit request. So she knew in her heart, she said, yes, Marshall is where she would be going to school. <laughs> very cool uh, that's that's awesome so small world i actually dove against well i didn't dive against her but we dove at the same meets against youngstown state so i actually know megan and mm-hmm. she was always super kind like she's so nice mm-hmm. um you know you talk about like belittling your voice or like diminishing your voice so how have you take taken steps to kind of have a stronger voice and and have people hear your story because your story is amazing like We've been talking for 30 minutes and I'm like, I love every second of this. Oh, thank you. Um, how did I make my voice stronger? Um, I guess it was 2020. 2020 was the year of empowerment for me. I really came into my own that year. And, um, and like the movement, like the Black Lives Matter movement, the killing of George Floyd, that right there I, I was having an out-of-body experience. I mean, my heart shed in places that I didn't, and felt things that I didn't even know it could feel for a complete stranger. And so um, I did what the only thing I knew what to do. And I wanted to cling to my, my diving community. And they were pretty much silent at first. And so when that happened, I took to my platform and I put out a statement saying what it means to be associated with Black Girls Diving Wood, what I stand for, what we stand for. And also, hi, my name is Joel Williams, and this is my story. Um, and, and because I guess, I guess my platform without a face, I guess it just didn't mean as much to people. And, but when I put a face, I mean, when I said I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, that I was a, uh, my grandparents lived in Ferguson. I mean, I was watching, yes, I was watching people, graffiti, places near where I went to elementary school. I mean, these are things that, that actually like awoken, like awaken things in people. I know how to explain it. But that was really important. It was me speaking out and kind of just nudging people, nudging people to to have an opinion. I, I do think that I do think that non people of color felt like they couldn't have an opinion and uh, they didn't know what to say. And I was able to I was able to facilitate that dialogue. And I, I consider that a gift being able to facilitate dialogue. And um, I'm, I'm grateful that I spoke up because I've been able to tell a lot more stories through sharing my own. Yeah, that's, that's pretty clear. Uh, I'm extremely impressed, not only with how you 
carry yourself. But I mean, obviously being 20 years old, I was not on any way, <laughs> shape or form at the, uh, at the, the level of intellect you're at at 20 years old. You're, you're pretty incredible. I kind of want to get to know you a little bit more. I got a couple, a uh, couple of easy, easy ones. Um, we'll start with a tricky one. What's something your teammates would say you're the best at? Mm, two things. They would say I'm the best at smacking. Um, <laughs> I, I am, I don't know what it is, but if I smack, I'm emotionless. I kind of just come up. I, I get up and I think what it is, is that I strive to inspire by example. So I refuse to cry, curl up into a ball, go under the water because I expect nothing less of my teammates. So when I smack, best believe I'm going to get back on the board and I'm going to do it again. And then I'm going to do it again for over a five. So <laughs> that's how I want other people to, to practice. And so they would probably say I'm the best at smacking. Yes. Um, and then the second thing I'm the best at probably pep talks. It actually has started more this year. Um, I consider myself very observant and I've been able to pick up on people's, um, behaviors, I've been able to pick up on those little tiny things that make make my teammates tick, make them want to become better athletes. And I love it. I'm like addicted to their success, like to their happiness and like to to tackling challenges together. Um, for example, I have one of my teammates, she considers me her rock. Um, and what I do is every single time she goes, I can just see the small, like that smallest level of hesitation. And I tell her to take it every time, take it. Don't, don't stop on the board, take it, don't balk. <laughs> and she tells me it really does help. And that's typically some of her best dives when she takes the hurdle. Yeah, for sure. We're going to do uh, something new. I haven't done this on the podcast, but I've talked about it with Heath every once in a while. We're going to do a rapid fire question round. Okay. So not much explanation, just first thing that comes to your head, it's basically this or that. Okay. So what would you rather have a good top on a dive or a good bottom? Good top. Okay. I agree with you there. Okay. What's worse having crimped or bent knees or flexed feet? Crimped knees. Ooh. Okay. Uh, what do you prefer backs or reverses? Reverses. Nice. Okay. What do you like more pike save or knee save? Pike save. Okay. Um, would you rather go short on a dive or over? Over. Okay. And then a couple of just really random ones. What's your favorite color? Yellow. Okay. And then favorite movie? Matilda. Okay. There's a, I haven't heard that one ever. <laughs> That's like, like spot that. on. Oh, man. So uh, before we jump into our signature questions, so... I just have to compliment you. You were definitely put on this earth to like help other people and inspire other people Thank because you. I've watched you talk about yourself in this. Like we, so when we, so for our listeners, when we do this, we zoom the person. So we're looking at each other and you guys would just all hear the audio. And just to kind of paint the picture a little bit for you, when Joelle has talked about herself, she's smiling, but not like she's smiling when she's talking about her teammates and others and, her mom, it's like, like you were definitely put on this earth to touch other people's hearts. And like, you said that that was something that was your goal. And it's like, that is very obvious for me to see. 
Um, you know, before we get into these signature questions, kind of my last big question is where do you hope to see black girls diving as an organization, as an idea, as a movement, where do you hope to see that in five years, in 10 years? Like what, what are your goals with this? Um, well, my goals, my common goal that hasn't changed from the beginning is to inspire current and prospective women of color in this sport. Um, in addition to that, now that I am part of the um, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Council, I can see myself making the sport way more accessible to underserved communities, uh, people of color, and just anyone that wants to dive, essentially. Um, more so, I would love to make Black Girls Diving an official nonprofit organization that um, actually funds people's training, possibly, or helps them get through college. I know my own financial struggles. Um, and I would love to offer um, someone else that help give them that opportunity and that, pl and that place to speak and be heard. Um, and uh, eventually I wanna launch my own swimsuit line under this Ooh. brand. Yes. That's awesome. Um, yes, that a very inclusive brand. I, I would like to do that. That'd be love cool. It. Love it. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'll get started with our signature questions. Uh, my my kind of number one is, what's your favorite failure or just your best learning experience? Could be diving, could be life, anything. Yeah. Okay. That's a, that's that was a hard one, hard question. Um. Yes. So my best failure, it happened my junior year of high school. Um, I was. We were competing against our greatest competitor, um, and. I was a junior and I was slated to win this match and I was going against a freshman fresh out of gymnastics and I I had I had tunnel vision. I wanted to win this so bad and she beat me. And she beat me by a lot. There were there was no question that she beat me. And I remember I remember storming off of the deck in my own little in my own little way quietly. And, and hiding in the bathroom essentially. And then coming out to dry my tears and her being there and congratulating me and hugging me, complete stranger, hugging me and saying, thank you so, like you did so great. Thank you so much. You're the reason that I dive. Like you're the reason that I picked up diving. And I didn't win. But I walked away with one of the most rewarding experiences that I've ever had in my life. Like I, I have never felt that touched by someone and I continued to compete against her, but it was just like, wow, there's there so much satisfaction in that. I, I think that's like 10 times better than winning now. I mean, if, I, if I'm the reason that the champion is diving today, like that's insane. So wow. That's my best <laughs> wow. Uh, my, my other signature question here, we touched on it a little bit earlier, is what can USA Diving do to improve just in general, whether it's more awareness, more inclusion, um, more uh, facility um, access? What, what just as a blanket question, what can USA Diving do to improve? Um, I would say better visual representation of people of color. Um, on across social media and uh, any sort of advertisements. And then also just better accessibility. 
whether that means installing um, boards that are just in storage and places that don't have them, um, going out of their way to facilitate swimsuit drives across the country to get out those um, the gear needed to dive. And um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's in accessibility and diversity and inclusion. Okay. So uh, now we'll jump into my three. So what is your favorite drill to do as an athlete, whether that's dry land or water? Um, my favorite drill is a back lineup with your full feet on the board. I enjoy it very much. <laughs> why, do, why that one? Um, because it activates the press. And I struggle with pressing out of dives and holding it there. And I am able to activate my hips using that drill. I like it. Um, what is the best advice you have given or received from anybody? It doesn't have to just be for athletics. Um, this shall pass too. And I don't know. I think that I actually found that. I think it was someone's tattoo. And I saw it in the moment that I needed to see it. And I held that so close to my heart my freshman year of college. I struggled so much with the transition into college, being six and a half hours away, having to balance schoolwork and practice. And I struggled with this idea of time anxiety, just not having enough time in the day to do everything that I wanted to do and to be who I wanted to be. And so this show past two has gotten me through so many challenging practices. And I mean, every practice felt like a challenge coming into a division one program. And I, it, it taught me body confidence. It improved my self-esteem tremendously. And it, um, it helped me trust myself in every aspect of my life. I, I, I trust myself greatly. Awesome. Uh, and then, all right. So my last question before we kind of head out is who would you like to hear us interview next? And it doesn't have to just be one person. You can list whoever you think, and we will write them down and we will try to reach out to them and see if we can get them on. Um, definitely Kristen Hayden. She has, I knew you were going to say that one. She always has a story to tell. And I think Diane Meese. <laughs> Okay, so you want to hear something funny? Yeah. We're interviewing her in about 10 minutes. Okay. I <laughs> love that woman. I love her. What a brilliant soul. I mean, wow. She has a great spirit. That's really awesome. I'm, I'm so glad we have both of you back to back. <laughs> I'm so excited you said her name too. <laughs> and, and honestly, like, so she will probably, hopefully she will listen to this one. It was pure coincidence uh, to be honest, I think Aaron and I both forgot because we sent her emails in like the beginning of August, I think it was. And we're, she's like, Hey, are we still good for Sunday? And we're like, yep, we're still good. <laughs> and, and Aaron and I called each other. And we're like, Oh man, we forgot about that one. Good thing. Joel wanted to do seven. You know, we lined it up that way, but so, so we're awesome. So we get to cross one of those names off for you at least. Yes. Awesome. Before we get out of here, everybody listening, just make sure to hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. And then our Gmail is the diving pod at gmail.com. We still have shirts and hoodies for sale at cowingrobards.com. You just got to enter dive pod as the coupon code that gets you free shipping at checkout. And then for, uh, for Joelle here, we're going to get her information offline, get her a free one for coming on the podcast. It's just a nice way to say thank you for, uh, for coming on Joelle tremendously enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for coming on and thank you for all you're doing.
Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so happy. I really like your podcast. Thank you. All right. We'll see you next time.